What's up, golf addicts? Welcome to the 2022 Sony Open in Hawaii betting and DraftKings preview show. I'm not David Barnett, nor am I Mr. Patrick Perry. I'm Mark Hill, host of the DP World Tour Show on the Tour Junkies Network. My boys are out of town tonight, off to the National Championship in Indianapolis, cheering on the Georgia Bulldogs. That game kicks off in about an hour's time, so let's get rolling with the show so I can actually get to watch it myself. Tonight's show, then, is presented by Covers.com. Covers have been making smarter sports better for over 25 years with unrivaled content and up-to-the-minute odds screen, as well as industry-leading matchup pages to give you the better edge as you handicap games. And I have to say, from personal experience of Covers.com, I have been following their brand for a long time, and they made an acquisition at the start of this year, which I think has just moved them up another little notch in Adam Chernoff, does the NFL betting side of things, and then this week as well, I dropped onto their YouTube there earlier before I came on the show just to see what the latest content was. And they were showing Georgia as the value side tonight. And I can profess, looking at uh, the, the bet tickers in the background and liabilities built up on Alabama, that yeah, if, if everybody is going in on Bama tonight and thinking that Roll Tide are going to roll, the, uh, the, the odds would suggest otherwise. And Covers.com have you covered whenever they say Georgia is the value side. So fingers crossed. When you guys are listening to this show in the morning or after the game that you're hearing a georgia bulldog win other stuff to talk about before we get into the actual course breakdown then one and done you can go to teepster.com that's t-e-e-p-s-t-e-r dot com for the final chance to enter the tour junkies free one and done public competition starts this week with the sony open right through to the open championship at st andrews later in the year it's free to enter some amazing prizes on offer as well from TaylorMade, Fujikuri, Birds of Condor, and of course some TG merch thrown in there as well. You know, it's uh, remarkably, it's going to be my first time entering a one and done competition. It's not something that's really come over this side of the pond. This was the perfect opportunity to join me and over 300 others that have already signed up on teepster.com. There'll be a link in the podcast description after the show drops um, to get that entry in before we go live on Thursday with the first entry. And then also, we've got some new shows. So Tour Junkies Network is expanding. I cover the DP World Tour side of things. And later this week, we drop our first ever Corn Ferry Tour show as the new season gets underway in the Bahamas. Host Garrett Simmons is a former caddy on the Corn Ferry Tour. Our boy Garrett knows this tour inside out, be it the players, the courses, the caddies. Unrivaled insight that you're not going to get anywhere else that will give you an edge when you hit the sports books, whenever you hit DFS. And ultimately, we'll get you up to speed when we get into the PGA Tour side of things as well, whenever these Corn Ferry Tour graduates make the step up to the PGA side of things. So it's a win-win. It's Gar's first show. We'll drop later this week uh, ahead of the Bahamas Great Exuma Classic that gets underway at the weekend. I think it's a, a Saturday or Sunday start, which is a bit unusual for, for golf betting and DFS. But you know, you're looking up your NFL playoffs this weekend on, on DraftKings. Make sure you're dropping into the Corn Ferry Tour, having caught Garrett's show. And then you can also catch the return of the DP World Tour show in two weeks' time with myself. I'll be kicking it off with the Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship. Don't you love all these <laughs> names and titles and sponsors that get behind the uh, individual competitions? So... I'll be breaking down all the movers and shakers at the Yas Lynx Golf Club in Abu Dhabi when hopefully Omicron can do one and we can get a full 72 rounds or 72 holes in because last time around we had drama in South Africa. We only got 36 holes. They crowned a winner. Half the 
half the field withdrew. That was supposed to kick off the, the new season for the DP World Tour. I think this will be the proper start now in two weeks' time. So don't forget to now be part of this growing, expanding network. We're going to have our own feeds, myself and Garrett. So don't be afraid to jump on, subscribe, like, you know, share around the extra information that we're putting out there on the Corn Ferry Tour and the DP World Tour for the rest of the year. DP World Tour is what I cover. And one area that I don't get a particular advantage in is that I don't have Fantasy National when it comes to the DP World Tour. But what I have leaned heavily on this week when I get into the course breakdown, key stats, and then running models, I've leaned heavily on Fantasy National, who obviously long-term supporter of the show. You put in the Tour Junkies code, you can get 20% off on weekly, monthly, and yearly memberships of Fantasy National. So definitely get yourself involved in that side of things. I've leaned heavily on it tonight when I'm going through it. So get that promo code in and get 20% off and support TJ at the same time. So without further ado, I'm going to take a little sip of my podcast juice, which is the Rockshore Irish Lager tonight. And I'll just have a sip of that. And then we'll get into the course breakdown and key stats. You couldn't find a Hawaiian-themed uh, podcast juice tonight there, Mark? Or? There, there unfortunately is no Hawaiian-themed. I have been raiding the liquor cupboard for anything that's left over from Christmas, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got a chance to get out to the off-license spot. Yeah, nice. So we, well, beer, and and maybe maybe I'll have a second drink. Maybe I'm I'm going to go very anti Jeffrey tonight and pull in a second drink. That's a different type altogether later yeah. in the show, which might link into an ad read. So yeah, I'm double parked at the minute. Which some people would say I have to down one of them. That's not happening tonight. I've done that already on Tour Junkies brand. I'll keep Jeffrey a little bit happy and just wait. And let's get in then to the course breakdown and key stats. Where are we this week? We are at Waile Country Club in Honolulu, second part of the Hawaii Swing. Haven't seen the Tournament of Champions last week. Par 70, measuring just over 7,000 yards. It's Bermuda tee to green with relatively small Tiff Eagle Bermuda greens. Seth Rayner design course, water and play on five holes. Finesse over par, shot shaper type course. We have seen longer hitters win. and Justin Thomas picked up a win a few years back. But in general, it does tend to favor the shorter hitters and guys that can shape their shots in general. Emphasis on approach and putting. Um, one of the rare... Sort of when you're going through the historical stats of tournaments, it's rare to see putting so high. But if you run past the last sort of thing, it was 10 winners, I think it averaged out sixth in their strokes gained putting for the entire week. And then the approach side of things goes about saying, and here, when you can get your shot shaping right and get the approach shots in, you're generally going to do fairly well. The course comps, then, I looked at sort of par 70s that are shorter in length. I looked at the Honda Classic. El Chameleon, uh, where the Mayakoba is held, is an obvious course comp as well. And there's a few others there. Greenbrier, we haven't had that for a couple of years, but it's one that I've thrown in when I'm looking at the course comps and seeing who's done generally well at both and then trended well to do well at Wiley as well. Let's get then into some of the other bits and pieces that we're going to talk about. If I go through the previous winners then, and just bear with me, I'm going to pull them up on my screen, some little bits of stats. Uh, generally, the winning score in and around 20 to or twenty under, I was going to say 20 to 1, we'll get into the betting odds in a little bit. So generally in and around 20 under. Conditions, we tend to see firm conditions here, runs very true. Uh, 
wind obviously dictates a lot of what's going on. And in recent years, so 2020, Cameron Smith picked up a win at 11 under. Very much a different set of course conditions coming into that tournament where it was rain sodden after a lot of soft conditions coming into the week. And then winds were up on a crazy scale compared to what they are in general terms coming into this tournament. And we see a bit of a crossover there as well between the conditions last week and what we're going to face this week around. So definitely keep that in mind. When I was digging into the stats, there was bits and pieces that I threw out from 2020 because it was such a different uh, overall feel to the tournament. And that's something that I have to keep in mind as well. Another trend that was bucked during that year was actually Cameron Smith didn't play the Century Tournament of Champions leading in. I think, oh, what is it? Eight of the last 10 winners, I think, have won, or sorry, played the previous week and then have come back and picked up a win even Kevin Nall last year picking up his win he had played the, re- the week before he finished Stone Cold last and still managed to pick up the win whenever the course came to more uh how can we say a more Kevin Nass suitable course so your Webb Simpson types your shorter hitters your shot shapers rather than last week where it's completely different 600 extra yards to, to try and navigate so again a bit of an emphasis there placed on previous experience of the course Definitely helps. Of course, debutants don't tend to do well. I think Russell Henley was the only one that had really stepped up in recent years and managed to pick up a win. Outside of that, there wasn't anyone else really jumping out when I looked through the previous winners. And then, as I say, you can attack this course a number of ways. Justin Thomas, whenever he won at a 27 under in 2017, was a bit of an exception to the rule in terms of the long hitters. Cameron Smith obviously has a bit of length as well, but very, very different conditions overall. So hopefully the firm this week, not very much wind. It's going to favor golfers that maybe have dusted off a bit of rust last week or sort of the tail end of December, and then we can get into it tonight and see who is ticking the boxes whenever we go through the different parts. And when I said it was double part when it comes to the drink side of things, it's because I have a lovely bourbon lined up here as well. As far as I understand, Bourbon Pursuit, they run their own podcast. They even have their own uh, bourbon as well. And I went onto their website earlier to try and see if I could maybe get any shipped over to the UK. And they've already sold out of one of their brands, the Rye one. So obviously get in while it's hot in terms of buying locally in the US. I see they were offering it in seven or eight different states. So best source of all bourbon news, reviews, interviews with people making the bourbon whiskey industry happen. This one here is bog standard Jim Beam. I'm sure if you go onto the Bourbon Pursuit podcast, they will give you the the full creme to the creme of every single bourbon under the sun. So get in with them. You can subscribe to Bourbon Pursuit wherever you get your podcasts and get a little bit of a, a different taste of a whiskey or bourbon or whatever tickles your fancy. Top of the betting board this week is headlined. So courtesy of DraftKings, these odds, I believe, is Cameron Smith at 8-1. to one. We have Webb Simpson 12-1. to one. Sung JM 16 to 1, Mark Leishman 16 to 1, Corey Connors 18 to 1, and we have Hideki Matsuyama at 18 to 1, Answer Henley at 22 to 1, Kevin Na 25 to 1, and Taylor Gooch at 25 to 1. So when I was looking at this week, obviously Cameron Smith coming into this superb performance last week and coming in as a previous winner as well, but I touched upon the previous conditions where he won under were very, very different. Now, yes, last week, firm. And, you know, it takes a lot of momentum to to keep that. Was it 33? What was the final score in the end? Is it 33 under that he hit? 34? Um, certainly sailed away with it uh, at the top of the leaderboard. So it's very hard to maintain that back-to-back weeks. I think 
given the the different course setup and everything we're going to face this time around, I think he's done his bread and butter win for this leg. He can take it a bit easier this time around. And I'm going to probably be swerving him at single-digit numbers. Bryson DeChambeau was in the field initially today, has withdrawn. There's been a number of withdrawals. Just a, a status warning there to keep on top of that in terms of the next couple of days as well that uh, DK update the rods and update the, the DFS prices because... I think there's a number of names. Ches Reavy was another one who was quite popular uh, on first looks as well, has withdrawn. So, And obviously, on top of everything else, we have the COVID situation sort of bubbling in the background that at any point you could see another withdrawal. Webb Simpson is an obvious choice given the, the short hitting side of things and the, the course comps that I mentioned before. Wyndham's another one you can throw in there, which Webb's obviously done fairly well at. Sungjae M, though, was the one that topped out my model, and I'm just going to Pull up the model very briefly in the background. So some of the stuff that I waited in. So I looked at uh, sort of course history, obviously, and then correlating course history, ball striking, eagle gained, uh, history on Bermuda, strokes gained t- total on a couple of different categories. So firm conditions, few other bits thrown in there as well. But then because we're early in the season, there's some narrative as well you have to add in. I think if you're just going in blindly on last 24 rounds, last 36 rounds, and blindly looking at it, you're not going to get a particular edge over anything else. You've got to try and look at who has sort of already got the, the dust and the rust brushed away and they're ready to go. So obvious trait, if they've played last week, it's a bit of an advantage. But if they've also played last week, it means they're one of the premier golfers on tour having won in 2020, or sorry, 2021. So you have to bear that in mind. Top of the board, I remember last year actually looking back. So last year around Harris English would have been on the tip of everyone's tongue as a tailor-made golf course for him this week. He came in off the back of a tournament of champions win and then sort of disappeared, didn't really f- or faded as it went on. That's what I think is going to happen with some of the guys that were up the top of the leaderboard on last on the, the, the TOC last week. So keep that in mind. Mark Leishman will get a bit of interest this week. I think he's still uh, underpriced or he's overpriced, if you like, at the minute at 20 to 1. Um, I see Data Golf have him at 37 to 1 as well. A little bit of a background in the golf, but I know the guys, you know, bring the, bring the fun side of it to the table week in, week out. In terms of how the golf markets actually work, so I'll give a bit of a background from the betting side of things. When the market or whenever sports books go to market, you have this market making books that will generally price things up. And Data Golf would be who ends up influencing the market the most on day one. So if a market opens up on a Monday, Data Golf have quite the the overall contribution and influence. You'll see a lot of markets, uh, be it derivatives, top tens, top twenties, even outrights, being bet towards Data Golf's numbers. When you get to a Tuesday, that's when you get the big guys starting to weigh in. Limits come up a little bit. The likes of Bet Chris, uh, Pinnacle, some of the the more what we say respected offshore books. You get your your big professional 100% golf bettors like Rufus Peabody, uh, abnormally distributed on Twitter would be another one. Um, the number of different professional golf bettors that will weigh in on Tuesday, give their opinion, you start to see the market move away. Generally speaking, Data Golf has absorbed some of that value out of the market on a Monday. But if you start to see a bet or an outright that you liked on a Monday or data, you know, moved to data golf's number on a Monday and it starts to drift the other way on a Tuesday, it means there's a respected big hitter coming in, trying to factor something into the market that's not caught 
in that original data golf model that's released on a Monday. So keep that in mind going forward. It might help you influence some DFS selections. If you know that some of these big betters are coming in on a Tuesday and you see it move away from data golf, you know yourself if, if guys are setting their DFS lineups and using the sort of traditional models that the likes of Fantasy National throw out or Data Golf throw out, everyone's going to end up arriving at the same pick. So if you see something contrarian in the market on a Tuesday, even into Wednesday when you get the draw released and you see a bit more about the win side of things, try to keep all that in mind when you're actually making your final selections. And I'll try to <laughs> not emphasize the point too much. I have a couple of bets in on a Monday that maybe are favorable on the data golf side of things because I want to get in before the market moves. But certainly on a Tuesday is when I'm going to start to look to then move on matchups and some other markets that we have involved. Let me get back to the actual betting board then. So yeah, uh, Kevin Nas coming in just at the, the tail end of it there, uh, 25 to 1. Again, Kevin Nas, this is a tailor-made course for him. Whether he can repeat the success of last year remains to be seen. Showed some promising signs at the TOC, but I'm not going to be really going towards him. I do quite like Corey Connors. I say Sung JM was the one that topped my model as well. So there's plenty of names to like up there. I'll just drop into the next range then, the mid-range. So anyone up to 75 to 1. This is the range that I really want to get my teeth into because I've looked at the previous winners. We had Kevin Na won at 80 to 1, sort of shortened into about 50 to 1 at, at the closing line. With Cameron Smith at 55 to 1, Matt Kutcher at 40 to 1. Uh, Patton Gazar 80 to 1, Justin Thomas 14 to 1. So it gives you a bit of a flavor that outside of Justin Thomas at 14 to 1, it's this kind of mid range where all the, 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 the sort of prime <laughs> targets, if we like, for this tournament come. And um, this week is no exception. And there's three, four, five names within this sort of range that are really keeping the eye for me or catching the eye for me. So Harris English needs no introduction. I think when I look back at last week's or last year's tournament, he graded out number one in my model. But he was coming in off a win uh, at the Tournament of Champions. And then it's very difficult to repeat that. I think he's tailor-made for this course. And again, at 35-1 to 1 this week, I expected him to be a bit shorter. Uh, honesty call here, I did grab him at 40-1, to 1, which he did open that at a few books this morning prior to Bryson DeChambeau's withdrawal. I'm now sitting on a decent number, but still at 35-1, to 1, there's plenty of value out there on Harris English. Kevin Kistner as well then, 35-1, to 1, needs no introduction. You know, this is the kind of tailor-made course for him. So we have him on site at 35 to 1. Seamus Power is going to get a lot of attention this week at 40 to 1. Um, and a few other names in there. Jason Kokrak at 45 to 1 was another one that sort of played last week. He's going to to maybe kick on and dust off the rust. Billy Horsell was another one at 45 to 1 in there that played last week. What is keeping me off both players was when I dug into their approach stats last week and I dug into their, their putting stats, neither of them were doing particularly well. And yes, Kevin, Kevin Nall last year was stone cold last at the TOC, but he still showed glimpses round to round of the potential to bring form into this tournament. That wasn't being shown at all last week for Jason Kokrak and Billy Horschel, so that's why I'm keeping off them from a betting perspective. Matt Jones is definitely one that caught my eye at 45-1 to 1 as well. And even towards the, the tail end there, there's, there's some tasty prices. Siwoo Kim, 70-1, to 1, is definitely one catching the eye. And Matt Kutcher as well, who's done particularly well at this course and some course comps that we've looked at. So they all definitely, definitely, definitely of interest to me this week. Let's jump then to the long shots side of things. Producer Sam has done a lovely job of bringing it up on screen. I'll have a little look on the side here as well. We've got Ryan Palmer in at 80 to 1. 
he's done fairly well here. Last year, a lot of guys on him and didn't do particularly well. Maybe he can turn it around this time around. Killer Keefe is in there at 80 to 1. Eric Van Royen, 80 to 1. Takuma Kaneya, a Japanese superstar, hasn't quite reached those heights on the PGA Tour yet. Possibly a good year ahead. One to put down for the notebook and see how we go there. A few names that did catch my eye uh, on a positive note is Brendan Steele. Done very well last year at the tournament. Ran everybody close. Kyung Hong Lee is another one that whenever you see him at a triple-digit price, that's the time to be on Kyung Hong Lee. So I've got him on side. Patton Kazire also done particularly well in the course history side of things and some course comps. It's it's an again that so mid range right through to these uh, longer shots up to 125 to one. Plenty to like about it in general. A uh, few that I was probably going to swerve in there. Aaron Rye, you know, course debutant. So whenever I went through it and the narrative side of things, course debutants, I tend to just knock out straight away. Inactivity was another quick one that I sort of knocked out straight away. Uh, my sort of cutoff was if they played in the RSM and then hadn't been seen anywhere since, didn't include them. Um, and before that as well, there's a lot of guys that are coming in off 12 weeks rest, nine weeks rest, 10 weeks rest, and I just knocked them out completely. I think I'm not a professional golfer, but I'd imagine you need to get a few competitive rounds under your belt before you're starting to get into the full swing of things, no pun intended. So uh, certainly in that range, there's a couple of names that are of interest, but again, you're starting to get into the inactivity, you're starting to get into the course debutants, and it's just something to bear in mind that they may look value on paper, but you have to do a little bit of extra homework to see if there's narrative behind why they're priced up in that range. Let's have a look at the bombs. Let's see if anyone is jumping out in that particular segment then. It would be remiss of me not to mention that the guys had a podcast drop this week with Vincent Whaley. He's in this range at 150 to 1, definitely one to have a look at. He's not making my betting card. He didn't tick enough boxes on the stats this week. But let's get Whaley onside for the rest of the year and see whether he can put something together for this week's tournament and show some glimpses. And then we'll find the right course for him later in the season. Old man Jim Furyk, 150 to 1. You know, it comes during the season. You start to see Jim Furyk step away from the Champions Tour, come on to the PGA Tour and put in some excellent performances. I know there's some of those course comps in terms of the Wyndham and the Honda Classic and a few others where he starts to, to, to put it together. What's to say Jim Furyk can't put it together here at 150 to 1? So that's one of the older statesmen that I will be looking at. I think I read as well earlier on, on Twitter, um, super Twitter follow if you're not on him already, is uh, at PGA Splits 101. And one of the trends that he said was 21 of the last 24 winners we're age 31 or older. So keep that in mind. I think Jim Furyk is ticking that box and 150 to 1 is definitely something to look at. One that caught my eye that is possibly going to go under the radar this week is Rakuya Hashina at 200 to 1. We talked upon very, very briefly Takuma Kanaya earlier. Japanese tour does produce some good players and Hashina is one of these ones that is definitely coming in on form. And the rust isn't an issue because the Japanese tour ran into December. So you're only having a few weeks turnaround. And yes, a lot of these Japanese golfers are coming over because of the link-in with a Sony sponsorship. But he's one that I think could be underpriced when it comes to the betting market. And also on the DFS side of things, he's one that would probably have a little look at. I think think DK were trendy enough that they managed to push him up just into the lower 7K range. We'll get to the DFS portion in a minute, but... It's uh, it's a golfer on the betting side of things at 200 to 1. Maybe there's some derivatives we can have a look at that would pull in some value on him. One golfer that 
<laughs> a sort of closer to home for me, if you like, and Graham McDowell. Uh, I say McDowell. I say McDowell because that's the way he tends to pronounce it now with his American twang that he's put on his Northern Irish accent. I say McDowell. If you're from Northern Ireland, you say McDowell. It's it's Graham McDowell to me, not Graham McDowell. Anyway, I can't get to him this week in terms of any sort of trend or, or line. He's dropping off a cliff in terms of his overall stroke skiing data. But this is the type of course where Graham McDowell could excel. He's definitely showing stuff beside the coast before. Um, has a good history when we drop down into these sort of lower class fields. Not that this is particularly lower class, but if he's thought anything about his game at the minute, he could be in contention to at least make the cut and then push on from there. So Graham McDowell's one that I probably have a sneaky look at later in the week. Certainly low owned, I'd expect, in DFS side of things. Listen, I don't do this often. If I duck down, you're starting to see the follicles are are disappearing. I'm I'm six foot four, I'm tall. Most people don't get to see the top of my head, but I know what is there. And what is there is something in desperate need of love and tender and care. And Nutrafol have you covered in the States at the minute. So when it comes to thinning hair, you no longer have to choose between natural remedies and those that work and don't work. There's a holistic solution for men, and it's courtesy of Nutrafol. Mark Hill needs Nutrafol in his life, and I might have to to look at some of the vitamins. That, you know, what I did before I came on was see can I get Nutrafol in the UK and Ireland, and I can. I can get it chipped here, but they also have the vitamin side of things, and I might have to start to to take those natural products and get them into my body and see if it makes the remotest bit of difference to the top of my head. But I believe it does make a difference because one thousand five hundred top doctors in the states recommend it; they trust it. And in clinical studies, men show progressive improvement in hair growth and thickness between three and six months. So listen, 2022 might be the year that Mark Hill starts to grow his hair back on top. I'm not too bad on the sides. I'm not too bad at the front. Sort of anything that's missing from the top ends up down here. But Nutrafol might be my call to action to get this sorted and and, and get some follicles back on the top of my head. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com. Com. That's N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com. Enter the promo code Tour Junkies to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere, and it's only available to US customers. Thanks, Nutrafol and Tour Junkies. Free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelt N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L. Promo code Tour Junkies. Get on it. So let's get into the DFS portion then. Cameron Smith tops it out at 11,200. As I said, it's quite a value to pay for him this week. Uh, not one that I'm going to get to. Hideki Matsuyama comes in at 10,600. Do you want to trust a guy who is very uh, irrational with a putter, will we say? Erratic with a putter, I should say. At 10,600, that's one I'm not going to go to. And Webb Simpson's probably going to be over-owned at 10,500 because I think... Most guys have approached Cameron Smith and Hideki the same way I'm thinking and swerve those two, jump down to Webb. But it's 200 cheaper at 10,300 that I'm going to go to Sung JM, graded out number one on my model. Top 10 grades in all the categories that I was particularly interested in this week and gained over three and a half strokes in round three at the Tournament of Champions with the putter. That's the kind of form that I want to see. I want to see approach. I want to see the putter. And Sung Jae showed glimpses this week that would keep me betting him and keeping him on side for DFS. So some JM at 10,300 is definitely one of the 9K range that I like this week. Corey Connors, 9,600 is another. Showed lots and lots of form in 2021, tailed off. 
It's just whether he can get it right with the putter. If he can get it even stable with the putter this week, he's going to be in the mix. And Harris English at 9,300. Touched upon it earlier in the show last week, last year, sorry. Harris was coming off the win at the Tournament of Champions. Bit of a letdown spot coming into the, the tournament. But he's priced up in DK at 10,800. You're not getting him at 9,300. That's value. That's B-A-L-U-E. That is value on Harris English this week. That's possibly where I'm even going to start out my lineup and then try and drop down to a lot of those 7K guys that I like. But yeah, 9K range. So I'm avoiding the top. Originally, DK priced it up with, with Bryson in there, so that's maybe why we're getting a little bit more value down the bottom with Harris English at 9,300, likes the Taylor Gooch at 9,100. Definitely worth keeping in mind. Let's drop down to the 8K range. Kevin Kistner, 8,900. So gained with the putter throughout the week of the Tournament of Champions. Definitely something we like to see. Got stronger in his approach game as the week went on, dusting off the rust. Started out slow enough for the approach. Started to trend better as the week went on so kevin kistner hopefully has his game on this week you know not too many distractions he can get about it how he wants to approach it matt jones at 8400 as well gained over four and a half strokes on the final day of the tournament champions second in the field overall in strokes gained putting again want to see that hot putter come in this week and he's got the all-round game that at 8,400 he's going to be one that I'm looking at. Some other names in the mix here. Seamus Parry, 8,100, I think is going to be very, very popular. If you're using Fantasy National to build out your models this week, he's definitely going to be popping. So might be one that I pivot off. You know, you could look to Cameron Davis just under at 8,000. Eric Van Royen might be a bit of a mixed one at 8,200 as well, just above him. So something to keep in mind. I said about it earlier with Billy Horschel and Jason Kokrak. I needed to see a little glimmer of hope at the Tournament of Champions. Yes, both have had very, very good 2021s and sort of tail end of 2021 form. I wanted to see more from last week's tournament before I got to them. So there's a few fades in there as well to to keep in mind. Let's get to the 7K range. Bit of a mixed bag here. We Chris Kirk in this range at 7,900 at the top of the range. Now, Chris Kirk last year was coming into this tournament and he was on an exemption, medical exemption, given some of the history behind him. He came in, though, all guns blazing and ended up being right in contention down to the wire. I think he finished his second in the end. Coming in now, a little bit of an inflated place at 7,900. Can he repeat when the same motivation factor is not you know, keeping him going the whole way through? Ryan Palmer's there at 7,800 as well. And Ryan Palmer is not one I'm going to get to at that price point, but potentially okay brendan Steele, lots and lots of course history for him gotta like him at 7900 siwoo kim 7700 seems a very good price point for him so <clears throat> lost the like my fate in this range is denny mccarthy at 7400 strong recent form expect him to be extremely popular i think he's at a price point where people are going to fill out their lineups with denny mccarthy with uh, three top tens on the spin. But as I touched upon earlier in the show, of course, debutants look to be a negative. So that's why I'm not going to be getting to Denny McCarthy in any of my lineups this week. And right down at the bottom of the range then with Kyung Hoon Lee at 7K. Definitely one as well that I'm going to be looking at. And a little bit of a spoiler, he's going to be included in the best bets section. 6K range, so many names. Where do you start? I think I have to start. I have to look all the way down. And I thought earlier when I was touching upon uh, Rakuya Hoshino that DK had been a little bit smarter, moved him into the 7K range, but that's what was happening with Kyung Hong Lee. Rikyo Hoshino is actually in at 6,500, which looks like an extra 
bit of value for me. Bryce Garnett, 6,400, might be one you want to pivot down to with some correlatory course form. Up towards the top of the 6K range, Brant Snedeker, Harry Higgs, John Hu, Max McGreevy, Michael Thompson, Rory Sabatini, all in at 6,900. None of them really making it close to me. I think Brant Snedeker was in my top 30 on the model side of things, but there was a few extra negatives that were weighing in that sort of kept me off him. So definitely one to, to weigh up and consider. There's not a lot jumping out at me. It comes to this early in the week. So typically when I'm doing the DP World Tour side of things, I'm putting the show out on a Tuesday and I get the whole of Monday and most Tuesday to get my research in. The 6K range, I've got a deeper dive. I do have, will have some lineups with Graham McDowell at 6,600. 6, That's worth a look. And obviously our boy Vincent Whaley, podcast drop this week is... Definitely going to make some lineups as well. Jim Furyk is six thousand five hundred. Tossed upon him earlier as the elder state, uh, the elder statesman is worth a look. So yeah, there's a few names in there. We'll have a, a deeper dive on. You can join us on the Nut Hut at any stage. Get involved there, and you'll find some more extra content. I know AC as well dropped out some content earlier in the day as well. That's worth getting into and, and having a read of. That gives a little bit of his early thoughts. But I have to get back to covers.com and some of my best bets early liens presented by covers because winning starts with covers.com so what have i actually put my hard-earned cash on this week so far touched upon earlier harris english at 40 to 1 i got still think there's plenty plenty of value at 35 to 1 i expected him to come in just under 30 to 1 i think last year you're looking at a golfer that really really ticked all the boxes high on my model but didn't quite get there in terms of uh, following on from the TOC the week before, but he's definitely one that I'm going to be looking at. So yeah, if, I, if it was to pivot towards someone at the top of the market, Sung Jae-in would definitely be there. If you go on to Fantasy National and look at his stroke skin, it is just heading in one direction. Lovely, lovely trajectory. All greens in terms of the last five tournaments, last 10 tournaments, last 20, last 100. Sung Jae-in is possibly the cream of the crop here. And if I look at some of the, the correlatory courses that he's done well at, so... Top 10 finishes in 2019 and 2020 at the Wyndham, for example, would, would jump out. Matt Jones is another bet that I'm going to have a look at. So if I just bring up Matt Jones. Yeah, so DK having priced at 45 to 1, I would have it much, much shorter than that. I see FanDuel 36 to 1 is, is probably getting in around the range that we're looking at. We look at where he performs best on the Bermuda putting surface. He's gaining... Uh, more strokes there than anywhere else in terms of Benton Poa, but he's generally a positive putter overall. And outside of that as well, he's trending in the right direction. Last five, he's losing on approach, which would be a slight negative, maybe keeps the value in the price, gaining with the, the putter side of things. And overall, some of the course comps that are in there, uh, he's doing fairly well as well. So definitely one that I'm going to dig deeper on and, and put a few quid on. Other ones that are catching my eye as well in the best bet segment is Kevin Kistner that I've mentioned on plenty of occasions as well. Can he bring home the bacon this week at 35 to 1? It's that sort of price range that I want to look at and he's definitely going to be one that I'm having a very, very close look at. Overall, at the century last week, he gained uh, 4.9 strokes, just under 5 strokes overall. And most of that was done with the putter. So the putter is hot coming in here, not unexpected when it comes to, to Kevin Kistner. Um, definitely over the last 20 rounds, he's gaining with the putter, gaining around the green generally. Not huge weight there, but it's whenever it gets into these tournaments. The Wyndham, the perfect example where he 
finished with a win back in August. Dropped off a cliff after that. Can't blame Kevin Kistner for that. He got the win under the belt, and then the forum dip with miscut the Northern Trust, 66th uh, BMW miscut Shriners, RSM Classic miscut. He had gone on his holidays. He wasn't uh, engaged after the, getting the win back in the middle of August. But since then, we've obviously seen him come around here at the Century Tournament of Champions, gain strokes, end up with an 8th place, place finish. Well worth another look here for this tournament as well. So 35-1, to 1, Kevin Kistner is going to make my betting card. And let's look as well at Kyung Hung Lee and Rakui Hoshina. I've mentioned both of them on this uh, show so far. And if I look at their top 20 prices, we've got Kyung Hung Lee at plus 350 and Rakui Hoshina at 6-1. to 1. Those guys, I think Covers.com could definitely price up as being valued the way they've priced up Georgia as being valued tonight. Definitely guys that are going to be onside for me. And with that, I think I better round out the show, Sam. I think I've I've managed to navigate my way through the show not too badly. And I think I have four minutes to spare before the natty starts. So I'm, I apologize in advance that you're going to have to sit now, edit this and get it turned around and get it up. Hopefully with a nice warm oh, fire good, and the natty on in the background. But it's been a pleasure, Sam, that you've joined me tonight in the background. Kept me right, kept me steered in the right direction. And guys, you can return to form next week with DB and Pat on the show. And outside of that as well, you can drop, join me on the DP World Tour show in two weeks' time as we head to Abu Dhabi. And don't forget that Gareth Simmons drops his first show this week for the Corn Ferry Tour as well. So lots and lots of content to come in 2022 from the Tour Junkies Network. Lots of exciting things in the pipeline as well that haven't been announced yet. So definitely keep on side with Tour Junkies. It's been a pleasure, gents. And I will round off with my bourbon and say thank you very much, Sam. Thank you very much, guys. And go dogs.